0: Hey everyone, before we start this episode, I do want to give a quick trigger warning as there will be mention of suicide attempts as well as self-harm and anorexia. If you do not feel comfortable with these topics, I have included in the show notes exact timestamps of when these are mentioned. Or if you'd rather just wait for the next episode, I can't wait to talk to you then. Thank you. Hello everyone and welcome to the newest episode of Not So Nice Girl. I am your host, Natalie Volpicelli. And today I've brought on a special guest, one of my close friends and a medical student right now. um, And also someone that I've journeyed through college and laughs and cries and hard times of life with um, who has wisdom that I would love for her to share. So I'm starting off with a bang with these guests today. So without further ado, could you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my name is Kat Davis. I'm a third year medical student at at the University of Arkansas for the medical sciences. Um, Natalie and I went to college together, and we've just done a lot of things together. been through each other's lives for a lot of it so yeah i'm really excited to be
0: here yeah and something that um i will never thank her enough for is she got me involved in worth living ambassadorship so she can tell you a little bit more about that but again um i just simply would not be talking or thinking that my story is worth being told if it wasn't for them and for her so um I would love for you to kind of explain as one of the heads for Worth Living. Yeah. So
1: um, Worth Living is basically this global initiative to um, explain and share people's mental health experiences through writing, podcasts, um, music. We have a book. And we just try to um, include people on all platforms. We have social media, um, a social media manager who makes clips for us, and we just try to get the word out in any way possible. Um, How it started, I was diagnosed with bipolar one disorder when I was 19. That was in 2016. And I started writing a blog. Soon after I started writing the blog, Keith Anderson, the founder of Worth Living, found me and was like, hey, I really love reading what you have to say. Would you like to become an ambassador? Well, nothing like that had ever happened to me before. Um, So I hopped on a call with him and I was like, yeah, I guess like you can publish my blogs. What harm could it do? Well, um, that was,
0: oh, my God seven years ago. (laughs) I was about to say I almost said five and then I was like it's been way longer than that. It's so sad
1: Um, and now I'm the uh, USA chapter of Worth Living head. Um, Worth Living was based out of Canada so I get to head all of the USA chapter Um, and then I talked to Keith. We were thinking about like including more people in the US. And I was like, well, we've got to talk to my friend, Natalie. So we immediately brought her on and she's been like such a great part of worth living, contributed to the book, definitely needed her voice. So I'm glad that you, now you get to
0: have a podcast. So we're actually just for the next hour going to go back and forth complimenting each other. And, <laughs> and that's going to be the whole second of it. But no, I mean, it's, kind of this whole story why like I wanted to share that too is just I never really thought that my life story or my journey with mental health or any of it was even something worth telling and I think Kat I can probably speak to you when you were probably thinking the same thing where you know We were both like, I feel like I should be sharing this, but I don't know how, or I don't know if people will actually care. And then Keith shows up like our little guardian angel and is like, I care. (laughs) And from there, we didn't, it it just, you know, took by storm. So um, I know I would not be able to speak on this podcast confidently without kind of that backing and that, um, that basis for what I was doing. So that's my little plug. Um, and I also think kind of it blends nicely into what I was speaking about in my first episode of taking ownership of your life and giving yourself a voice. Again, both of us kind of were still navigating our mental health um, while also in college, which is a crazy experience in and of itself. Um, and trying to figure out like our next steps and our next journeys, and we were finding our voice. Um, which is something that, you know, a lot of people don't don't think that they need to do or don't think to do. Um, So that's something that hopefully we'll kind of dive into more. Um, But so Kat, as my first guest, I will be asking all of my guests this. I will be sharing nonstop my nice girl moments and My moments that I felt that, you know, I kind of, quote unquote, let life happen at me and was an active member in my life. And so what I want to ask you is when was the time that you felt like you had a nice girl moment where you were kind of letting life happen at you? And if it also was the case that you kind of broke out of that and you started becoming an active member in your life. in the crux of that, I would love to hear that as well. So I know that's kind of a bold question, but whatever you got, we've all, we all have them.
1: Yeah. So I definitely relate a lot of my life experiences to my mental health. I think it's a huge part of who I am. So I'm like digging through my brain, thinking of instances where I can t- tie that in. And what I really think about is, um. I started experiencing problems with my mental health, like feeling sad, lonely. I started self-harming when I was 13 and I just kept it to myself, had a suicide attempt when I was 14 and was just like keeping it to myself, not telling anyone about it, not my friends, family, no one until finally I was like, you know what? Like, this is something I can't handle this anymore. I need to talk to someone about it. I started seeing my first ever therapist when I was 16 and she was like, yeah, you don't have a mental illness. Um, you just have, you just are sad and you're um, stressed because my family sent me to boarding school. So she was like, that's just very stressful living by yourself. Um, so we're just going to work on stress techniques. And I was like, no, like something's wrong with me. I'm serious. And, um, at that time I was like, well, what if I have borderline personality disorder? Because that um, personality disorder shares a lot of similar symptoms with bipolar, but it's, again, it's a personality disorder. So a lot of it is like caused by like trauma or um, extremely stressful situations. Well, she was saying, you're so stressed, you're so stressed. So I was like, okay, the stress must be causing something.
0: Yeah. When you aren't giving an answer, you are forced to search for something else and no, we don't, no one needs a Google doctor. (laughs) Yeah, literally.
1: I was being a Google doctor because she wasn't listening to me at all. And she basically shut that down immediately. She's like, yeah, you're stressed, but you're not that stressed. And I just like shut down. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, then I don't need you. I ditched her. I was like, then I'm just going to do my own thing. Like, this isn't going to work for me. And I was just complacent. Um, for a long time, up until I was 19 in college. And then I had just like this mental breakdown, had another suicide attempt and was like, okay, fine. I need help. So that was me like trying to take control again. Um, and I first, my friend tried to call an emergency helpline on me. I said no, 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 but then the next morning I woke up and I was like, no, this is something I need. I got in with a therapist and with a psychiatrist and they said, "Oh, you're depressed. You have major depressive disorder. Here's some fluoxetine. So, here's some an SSRI or an antidepressant." And I was like, "Okay." And they were like, "And it'll take a month." And I'm like, "Okay." Well, I started having worsening symptoms almost immediately. And what we didn't know at the time was that the antidepressant was making me worse, but they wouldn't listen to me. They just kept upping the dose, upping the dose and just said, you're depressed, you're depressed, you're depressed. And I, that just made me more upset, made me feel more sad, lonely, um, just really isolated myself. Um, until I went back to Dr. Google, of course, which and, we don't
0: recommend, but, yeah, don't
1: case, do that. In this case, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, but as you can tell with my earlier antidote, it doesn't always work out. So,
0: yeah,
1: but I just knew there was something wrong with me more than just depression. I just knew it in my gut. And something like that, like something general, like, yeah, you do know if something like really doesn't fit you. That's true. But
0: and to if, clarify kind of on this other side, um, the dangers of if you have bipolar and taking um, an SSRI, this, we don't need to get into super deep, but um, it alters the brain chemistry in a way that is actually emphasizing the effects of your bipolar disorder rather than kind of minimizing. So what she's saying and what she's telling obviously is the truth, but Medically and scientifically is also the truth that she's speaking for herself and on behalf of herself, and that's what science and um, psychiatrists already know to be true. So that's kind of a little backstory that I would like to share. Of like, this this is an extreme case, but if you didn't stand up for yourself, I don't I don't know. You were quite literally getting misdiagnosed and mismed and mismedicated, which is. Very dangerous.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So SSRIs, um, basically they keep serotonin in your brain longer. This is getting into the medical side, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's it's fun. I I mean I love it. So
1: um, and then with bipolar disorder, they don't really know exactly what's going on, but they do know you have too much serotonin, too much dopamine, um, too much of those happy, go lucky, um, neurotransmitters I guess I don't know what lay people call them right now that's what I'm going to need to learn before I become a doctor is how to explain it better
0: but is any
1: term for ne- neurotransmitters uh eh. <laughs> um, just things in your brain and uh so obviously if I naturally make too much serotonin adding more is not going to be a good thing and it sent me into something called rapid cycling which just means I was going between depression and mania very fast. Um, depression, like I don't really think I have to describe depression that much. A lot of people have felt it or seen someone who has it. But then mania, on the other hand, is like the polar opposite. Um, your heart's racing. You feel really energetic. You're not sleeping. Um, you're grandiose. You're thinking so highly of yourself like you notice how like I'm speaking faster right now. Like that's how everything feels. It just gets faster and faster and faster. So when you're rapid cycling, you're going from that extreme high to the slowness of the depression back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth um, until you can't stand it any longer. And that's what was happening to me because there was too much serotonin in my brain and no one was listening to me. So I went to Dr. Google and I said, I think I'm bipolar. I don't think I just have depression. Something weird is going on right now and something has gotten a lot worse recently. So I went to them and my psychiatrist put succinctly and said, you're not bipolar and you don't want to be.
0: We're having the fuck that meter because fuck
1: that. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck that. Sorry to all all the bipolar people that she was offending, which at the time I was like, no one's bipolar. I've never heard like no, one my age at my school and with my academic record has bipolar, like, there's no way. So when she said that, that just isolated them from me even further. And that's when I was just like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm done advocating for myself. Like keep medicating me. I can't, I, I don't care. Like just fix me. If you're so good at fixing me, just fix me. And I just, let it happen, let the depression consume me, let the mania consume me. And it got me put into two mental hospitals. Um, They kept saying, you're depressed, you're depressed, you're depressed. And I just kept letting them until finally, five psychiatrists and 12 therapists later, I had one who I didn't say anything to, because I just knew to just shut up, let them examine me and move on. And he said, do you think you're bipolar? And I said, yeah. And he asked me a few more questions, which I was used to by then. Um, it's not rocket science when they say, do you have feelings of hurting yourself? They're probably talking about the depression. If they're saying, do you ever feel euphoric? They're probably talking about mania. You know, do you ever have trouble focusing ADHD? Um, do you ever restrict yourself from eating eating disorder? Like you can, it's not we
0: take it, that psych 101 class.
1: And... Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm, they're not fooling anyone. So for him to ask me straight up, like, do you think you're bipolar? Which no one else had ever asked me. I was like, yeah, I do. Thanks for asking. Thanks for listening to me. And that was when I had a huge shift and was like, okay, like this is my time, um, to be not so nice girl and just take control of my life, get the hell out of this mental hospital, get back into school, um, go to medical school because fuck everyone who's saying that I can't. Um, Find more people who are like you because you're not the only 19 year old high achieving bipolar person in this world. That's true. And now here I am properly medicated no more extra serotonin and yeah it has it hasn't been an easy road but I'm currently stable which is something
0: listen that's all we can ask for Literally. we're not we're not asking for perfection we're asking for progress um yeah I mean I I remember a lot of this was There all most of it was through college I remember you kind of going through that and you could tell kind of on my end you could see the the light in her eyes finally when someone was like I'm gonna validate what you've been thinking for years and years and years and years and I think you know obviously um with Kat it, it was definitely an extreme case and there's definitely a lot of layers and stuff but I I think a lot of people look to the expert of, you know, or look to their boss or look to the higher level and look for the answers and they may not, might not get it. And it's what you were saying, kind of that that gut feeling of trusting that and not letting that quiet just because, you know, someone – and now to be clear, that's not saying – I'm not saying that the experts aren't right. I mean, she's she's in medical school. I'm getting my PhD in, psych, in psychology. So like experts are experts for a reason, but they're also not, they're human. You know, they're not in your body experiencing what you're experiencing. So you need to advocate for yourself. You need to keep pushing. Um, and, you know, if you were in a place where you weren't a teen and, you know, in college and scared and I'm, I still am trying to get straight A's at a very prestigious school while I'm also trying to figure out this huge part of my life, you might've been able to, you know, put up with it a bit more, but like, I don't know, I don't know how anyone would have, honestly. And to a point you just kind of have to, um, that, you know, you can only fight so much. So, First of all, thank you for sharing that with everyone. Again, I think um, that is just kind of you owning your story, owning your life. And even if it's not on like as grand as a scale as Cat, because that is like, not all heroes wear capes, but it's still kind of that idea of you knew what was right for you and you were trying to fight for it. And to finally get that and then own it the way that you did is so badass it's so beyond um everything and especially after years of kind of being that nice girl where it was hurting you by a lot it was hurting every aspect um so that's that's amazing that's also a little bit more about cat but that's obviously not who cat is kind of now, um, and like I said, when she finally got that diagnosis, you could see a light in your eyes because you felt seen, you felt heard, you felt empowered. And that's when you started talking about it. And I think everyone, especially with bipolar, it's something that people use very loosely in and colloquially, you know, usually for the worst. And I remember you kind of grappling with it. I mean, you literally had a doctor say, you don't want this. Um, I remember you grappling with it and trying to understand. And again, you're getting straight A's, pre-med, successful in the school where people kind of have this notion or this idea of it and think that how you're living in this high overachieving way doesn't match up. And I know from you and from my schooling, that's, that's not the case at all. Um, so I'd love for you to kind of talk more about that of when you started owning your story and understanding your diagnosis, um, and what kind of come from that. And then also if you ever had any backlash from people as you were doing this.
1: Yeah. I can definitely think of like one clear example that still doesn't sit well with me. Um basically, so after I got my diagnosis, I dropped out of college which was so scary, but I knew I couldn't just go back into that high stress situation. However, being someone who is highly active, needs hobbies to say the least, always needs to be doing something, I thought to myself, well, what can I do? How can I work on myself more than my two times a week therapy, once every two weeks psychiatry appointment? Like what am I going to do with the other so many hours in the week to f- fix myself basically? And I started writing a blog, like I said, found Heath was writing for him, was writing for myself. Um was very open about my diagnosis with the public because I just really was hoping to find someone else who
0: shared what I was going through. And And sorry, to put in context, like we said, this was years and years ago. People are very open now and there are celebrities that come out. And I feel like I talk to my younger cousins now and it just like rolls off the tongue easily. Back in this time, you did not... About your mental health, especially the college we went to, and the to try to you know save face or whatever you tried to hide all of that. So, Kat doing this was so, so like so brave and so unheard of for our age group. So, I want to clarify that that I know that it's much more common now, but back then she was making a huge step because she was one of the first people that I knew that was really doing this. And it was, it was definitely controversial for some people, but for the people who needed to hear it, oh my God, it probably saved their lives. Honestly. I hope so.
1: Um, yeah, it was, it was difficult because like I was diagnosed with childhood bipolar because I'd had the symptoms since I was 13. Um, I still haven't met anyone else who was diagnosed with childhood bipolar one. Bipolar 1 is the more severe type, which just means you have that full-blown mania as well as the full-blown depression, whereas in bipolar 2, you have what's called hypomania, which is just not as severe. It doesn't get you hospitalized, just makes you a little bit faster, a little more anxious. Um, maybe you're spending a little bit more money having you know more promiscuous sex, but just not that extreme, like out of control that is mania. So I've yet to find someone perfectly like me, but I was definitely searching and I know that they're out there somewhere, (laughs) um, but I was sharing my story and, um, I was talking to this guy who was, he was actually my fifth grade boyfriend. Um, we had lost touch. (laughs) Yes. Very serious. (laughs) We had lost touch, but he came to me and he was like, yeah, I've been experiencing a lot of mental health issues. I don't remember if he said he was bipolar or what his deal was. Um, we obviously don't talk anymore, but he (laughs) like was so nice to me and was just like, yeah, like I, like basically like milked me for all I was worth, like used me to talk at me and just tell me all his problems. And that was it, which like, I don't mind when people like come to me, like that's kind of what I'm here for. Like I prefer it because I've been so open in the past, but you could tell like he, wasn't interested in hearing my side of the story. It was just like, he
0: just, it was free therapy.
1: It, it was literally free therapy. And <laughs> Once you go
0: into I, the medical field, that becomes a very common.
1: <laughs> literally. Yeah. And um, then one day he just completely flipped a switch and was like, you're talking about your bipolar too much. Like you are relating too close to it. It is not everything you are. Like you need to take a step back. You're, this is, your." are identifying too close with bipolar I was like what
0: and you don't talk to him anymore really (laughs) yeah
1: right (laughs) but it was just so shocking to me that he just turned that quickly and also I was like let me figure my shit out like if I'm identifying too much it's my
0: own fucking problem leave me alone like what it's not affecting you And that was something too that I had to understand as I was. um, It was actually kind of funny. I was going through all of these like defense mechanisms for one of my million site classes. And only some of the textbooks had this, but there's a defense mechanism called rationalizing. Mm -hmm. And it is not common, but it's when. You know, you feel so attacked by something and you're trying to understand every single aspect of it. And that was something, because I also, like, I heard that story from you and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I talk about my eating disorder too much. I think I talk about my anxiety too much. And it's my way of coping. It's my way of understanding what's happening to me. Because these things aren't, you don't get taught these things. They just, they happen to you for your life and then you get a name for it. It's like one day you don't have it and the next day you do. And you're like, what the fuck do I do with this now? So we're like, again, high achieving, very like detail oriented, trying to understand every single aspect of it and learn about it. And it's fascinating to us because we're like, oh my gosh, that thing that happened 10 years ago, I wasn't just, I have a reason for this now. So of course you want to talk about it. And I think that's. That's a common thing that people think of, but it's your way of coping and understanding and and digesting all of this material.
1: I just thought of another one
0: too. This
1: is just a quick aside, but there is also talking about Dr. Google second thing worse than Dr. Google is undergraduate psychology majors.
0: <laughs>
1: Hi, me. <laughs> <laughs> I had this girl, she took, uh, she was a friend of a friend. She took, uh, abnormal psychology at UVA, which was a very popular course, but like very surface level. Like you talked about each disorder for like 20 minutes, maybe.
0: I took that class by the way, and then met with the professor after and redid his entire PowerPoint for him and yeah. said, none of this was right. Yes. Cause I'm an asshole, honestly. <laughs> and, and I was in my phase of I know about that was not story. a nice girl. <laughs> no, I'm, actually, I've been lying. I'm, I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
1: that this girl took that class and was arguing with me about bipolar disorder. And like, I guess she didn't know that I had it. But I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, get out of here!" I hope she's getting her PhD and it like has learned her lesson. Jesus,
0: probably not. Yeah, but
1: probably not. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's like me
1: being an undergrad pre-med student and being like, yeah, let me prescribe you medicine. Like I didn't know anything. I still don't know anything.
0: No, no, no,
1: no. I just know a little bit more. We're just getting a little bit smarter. That's what graduate school
0: is. And, and am I, I mean, who's, who's deciding? (laughs) Yeah. We're taking, listen, you can only take so many credits a semester. So like, you can't learn it all. Literally. And Medical like- school is just like repeat, repeat,
1: repeat, and eventually something will stick. Like that's the whole point. That's why it's four years.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think five five or six years. I don't even know how long I'm in school. I should probably know that. Um, yeah. I mean, that's something too of like, it's so, it's so misconstrued in the media and and that's how you know they're they're two different disorders but with anorexia it's just not at all how people like to make it out and you get you start getting defensive too because you know they'll start saying things of like oh you only you know to me I would get told like oh but you're pretty and I was like if this was about looking pretty My eyes wouldn't be like freaking sunken into my face and I'd look, I wouldn't be looking like a skeleton, you know, that's not what this is about. I don't even know what, like, what do I even look like? I don't know. You're going to hate this. I uh,
1: feel like I'm better equipped than a lot of my classmates to at least listen to people with eating disorders just because of you, like just from listening to you so much. Oh my God. So we started studying for step one, which is our first board exam. And I was getting all of the eating disorder questions wrong. And I was like, how? Like, you're telling me that my classmates are getting these right and I'm getting them wrong. Oh, it's because they said that um, to be anorexic, you had to be under an 18 BMI. And to be bulimic, you had to have a normal BMI.
0: That makes me feel very safe and comfortable with our... (laughs) medical.
1: Is that not terrifying? I was like, no, BMI has nothing to do with it, sweetie. But that's literally what I learned. And that's what I took a test on. And that's how I'm halfway a doctor.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, especially living it. And then, you know, I also like I was hospitalized for it. So then you meet so many other people who have been through it and all like all different walks of life. And then you're like, I remember when people told me that this is what models got like Yeah. And then you're like you're trying to and that's why you know I think also you talk so much about it is anxiety, depression, I think it's used too loosely in in colloquial terms, but people in general can get it. You know, I was suffering from anorexia and OCD and you were suffering from bipolar. And the way that we are told those things are Originally, or not at all what we were experiencing. No. So you feel this need to almost defend yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you're trying to kind of navigate this world while also trying to defend yourself and say, like, hey, there's space for me in this world too. And just because I have this, like, quote unquote, label now. It doesn't mean that it's exactly what, you know, you read on one random article or, you know, Joe Schmo down the street is told you this is about or like just because they, you know, like a picture hang hung straight. And your dad says it's like, oh, they're so OCD doesn't mean that's what it is, you know, and. Or like, you know, someone's just going through a normal mood swing and they say, you're so bipolar.
1: That's not the case right
0: now. I'm like, no,
1: if you were a manic, you'd be in
0: mental health scale. Yeah. And so like, that's why, you know, I think that's part of the thing I really wanted to kind of get from you today in this episode and Kat's going to be back. Kat and I we There's not enough time in the world for Kat and I to have discuss everything that we we like discussing. Um, but for this episode, especially just kind of allowing yourself to have a voice. And I said it in my first episode, but people are going to use their words to describe you. You know, they and that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is they're going to call you a nice girl. They're going to call you. Cute or hot, or you're the nerd, or in a more extreme way, they're going to label you as, you know, and it's very common. It's just starting to transition, even in the psych world, to client focused wording of, you know, a girl with anorexia, not an anorexic. And you get these labels, and it's hard not. To make it your entire personality, because trying to get this idea that you're a million different faceted things is so confusing and complex. That's a lot to wrap your head around. So you stick to one, you know. And we're and we're constantly in that, you know. We're we're a kid. We're in first grade, second grade, third. I'm I'm a third grader. I'm a I'm a freshman. I'm in I'm a college student now. And then you're just thrown into the adult world, and you're like, what the fuck is my label? And so you have to, or like, I was a, I was a gymnast. I was a cheerleader. Like you always had a label and now it's just something different and trying to understand that and grasp that or trying to understand that you can have 50 different labels and that's just one of them. That's something that's so hard to understand and wrap your head around when you've always kind of had a, a main label.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's why I went to graduate school. (laughs) I needed my main label. <laughs> that's what I joke about. Is like, I, I I worked for three years and I was like, no, get me back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My next label is going to be doctor. And I, you can't take that away from me,
0: baby. Oh like, hell no. Hell no. That's, you know, that's why I wanted to do PhD. I wanted to get the doctor label period. And then I'm sticking it and I'm rubbing it in your faces and don't tell me that I'm talking about it too much. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you go to that schooling and then tell me you won't talk about it that you can call me doctor. <laughs> like yeah
1: on my wedding invitations, I want it to say doctor. I, that's noted for Mr. My and Doctor, Mrs. and Doctor, Doctor and Doctor, but I'm gonna be one Dr. Of them. Davis
0: and Dr. Davis's guest. <laughs> literally, <laughs> and that's our future, <laughs> period. And I never want it to change. Mm-mm. I've honestly, this has all been a charade to get rid of my anorexic label is that's why I went back to grad school is I need a new top label. Yeah, exactly. A that's it. That's the only reason why. <laughs> it's all just a bit. We're all just doing a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's super fun and exciting yeah, to go I through grad that. school and go through this bit. To <laughs> Just put us into extreme debt for what? For funsies. Literally. That's the goal. Literally. I mean we touched on dark things, we touched on motivational things, we had our little sarcastic laugh at ourselves moment. I think we kind of hit the range for the episode.
1: Yeah, I think that was great and I have so much more to say for our next one, so it's perfect. Oh,
0: and it's coming guys, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um so For that, I think we will all, you know, all say thank you to Kat for sharing her story and for honestly just being so brave to share your story way back when. We don't need to get into numbers about how long ago. No. (laughs) (laughs) But sharing that long ago and still being confident in owning yourself now and showing that you can go through fucking shit and still be a doctor. Period. Still fucking get through it.
1: And I can't wait. Uh, oh, so much medical school, whole different
0: topic. I can't <laughs> wait to tell you guys about that shithole. We'll get there. We have a lot, a lot of um, actually venting. This is actually our free therapy. Yeah. Because <laughs> we already pay for another one. Literally.
1: We were, we were each other's therapists for years. Oh, for better, for worse, honestly, but you know, for, for a lot better and a lot worse <laughs> yeah. when we both needed to
0: just be medicated. Woo! Medication is cool, guys. You know, we'll talk about that later. Anyways, if we don't, if I don't stop this, we're going to keep reading. <laughs> so love you guys. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon.
1: With Pat, of
0: course. Thank you.